0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. All kinds of craziness in the sports world. We're also celebrating our 10-year anniversary on Twitter this week. Jared Brooks was my producer a decade ago. He's the guy who had to figuratively hold my hand as we ventured into the world of modern technology. I'm still not even on Facebook. I rely on my wife, the lovely and talented Maria, for occasional updates on that format. Ten years ago, Jared Brooks talked me into Twitter. A little bit later, Hayes Permar took us to the next level over these last four years. Darren Vaught, still with me, of course, on the other side of the glass, has ramped us up to the next level. We have gone viral with Roy Williams and 2 Chains. We have gone viral with Steve Spurrier and Dabo Sweeney. We have broken major news on Twitter occasionally. We do have Roddy Jones later this hour. We we will give you updates on the baseball playoffs, the red-hot Carolina Hurricanes, the ongoing NBA-China debate and your football questions of the day. But as we look forward to those things, we bring in to celebrate our 10-year anniversary on Twitter, the guy who helped give birth to it, Jared Brooks, my first full-time producer. There was a bunch of years where it was just like whoever showed up that day was my producer. In a smaller edition of The David Glenn Show, Jared, for five years, was my all-day, every-day producer. It feels weird to say this, but Jared Brooks, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you, man?
1: It's got a good vibe to it. It's certainly a little different. All is well. Hope you're doing well.
0: Doing great, man. I feel like you worked like 18 hours a day for me back when you were my producer. So there's never like a welcome back, right? I mean, you're still helping me out from time to time. Uh, Tell the kind people of North Carolina, how did you take a relative dinosaur like me and explain what Twitter was and talk even a guy who's not on Facebook into the idea that it would help our show.
1: Well, first, I lied a lot about <laughs> really the truth. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, let's see, you were the owner and editor, mm. publisher. I was still wearing like a mil you were wearing a million hats think went to bed like at one o'clock in the morning so I I would get like five minutes with you every day (laughs) so I had had to be precise and (laughs) I said I think there's a really cool platform that we can use to expand the show and you don't have to worry about getting another thousand emails I can actually answer questions for you that people have that they want to bring to the table so uh, I kind of presented it as, hey, this will actually work, lighten your workload. Back then it did. Now it does not.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> so please tell me I was open-minded to this brilliant you are, young idea. You you were open-minded only because
1: I said it would make your life easier. <laughs> and at that time, you're like, okay, where? Where do I sign up? I'm like, actually, you don't even have to sign up. I was like, I'm just going to do it for you. But the only problem that we had was is I really wasn't – like a journalist from like a a writing standpoint. So Twitter still doesn't really have a great platform to do this, or they don't really allow it. But there was not like real spell check. So uh, that was the only problem that you had was, (laughs) wait a minute, people, it's going to have my name. I'm going to be, people are going to think I'm writing this, and they know that my grammar is really good, and that the way that I structure things, it's going to sound
0: intelligent. Yeah. being son, the a, son of a school teacher and a journalism degree uh, school graduate is not going to like uh, interns throwing no. out their barely legible stuff. Yeah. Like I remember well, that.
1: Well, we only had 140, in the top of that, we That's only true. had 140 characters.
0: You at least have more now. That's true. So. And what, uh, how do you describe it? Like I know it was later that we, you know, now quote our guests on Twitter, some of their more memorable commentary. At the beginning, it felt like, I say you and I but it was far more you 10 years ago as we celebrate this anniversary it was what saying where our on location was show was going to be or what guests were coming up that day
1: yeah it was all about letting people know hey here's what we're doing and at the time you know we're you know we're getting ready to go statewide you know when we were trying to really take this thing yeah so we yeah. were really trying to appeal to outside of just North Carolina Duke and state fans you know we're trying to get ECU fans on board and trying to really Uh, promote our stuff, but uh, I I think the biggest thing that helped us was that, you know, there was a lot of open, you know, places, and it was our best platform to take people behind the scenes. We actually, we didn't really have a print platform, so we could take pictures, you know, we could do different things, but actually see, hey, we're actually here. We're not telling you that we were here, or hey, we actually have relationships with these people. We're not just saying it like you could actually see it. It was really the first time that we could prove it uh, outside of, Unless that person, guest or coach was on the show, I mean, you had no way to know whether or not we were telling the truth or not. Uh, <laughs> but it was kind of the first—it was really yeah. the first time that we could actually say, "Hey, hey, you know, we're not—we're not full of it. Uh, this is legit. <laughs> we're actually doing this kind of stuff, and we're talking to these types of people, and these people
0: actually like us." <laughs> <laughs> Jared Brooks is out. joining us. Hey, we are going to need an update on what's going on in your world because people wonder. You know, after you make the big bucks, not and have the easy hours, not uh, in your role as the David Glenn Show producer, for it felt like a full five years, right? Probably took 20 years off sure. of your life expectancy. Uh, I had hair
1: when I moved to Raleigh.
0: <laughs> well, you're, you're kind of the father of the David Glenn Show Twitter handle. I don't know if that makes me the mother, and I'm a little uncomfortable with this terminology, but you did give birth to it. So we have to know, like, what are you doing? I'll share that Jared and his wife, Tracy, still get together with Maria and me. My kids know and love Jared and his wife and now children. So that's part of the update. But what are you doing now that uh, you, as the most intense guest-getter I've ever had in 20 years of this industry... Uh, I I give you that and other compliments. Uh, Once you broke away from this insane industry, uh, what have you been doing? Uh, Well, it was always about selling something. So even though
1: I didn't consider, it wasn't considered a sales job, it was certainly sales. We were trying to sell, hey, give us 10 minutes, we'll give you this. So uh, I went into sales and worked for a company here based out of Raleigh. Uh, Used to be both TV and Internet now is uh, Allbridge and, uh, become a very successful company. We're in hotel technology sales, so we do. Uh, don't get mad if you go into a hotel, your Internet doesn't work. We didn't install it, but <laughs> if it works great, we did install it. Uh, if, if there's a lot of uh, ACC network uh, options or places you stay, it's probably uh, done by us. Uh, so we do TV, phone, Internet, cell TVs. We really are kind of the main partner for most of the brands, Hilton Hyatt, Marriott, all those huge uh, hotel companies and work with a lot of them on all their technology stuff. So.
0: And Jared travels a lot, but he is still based here in the Triangle, so say hi to sure. him at PNC Arena or anywhere else you might see him. As we thank you for visiting Jared Brooks, former producer here on the David Glenn Show, uh, do you have a most memorable guest pursuit like that oh, it took you forever oh, to yeah. hunt down or, oh, or was tricky yeah. oh, this or he, most? This, this is easy. Uh, you, you should This, this is this was one of
1: my favorite. When we had, when we got Brooklyn Decker, oh, she had just God. been. We
0: knew that she was coming on. That's it for me. Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. I, uh, the this rest of right this before. show is off the rails. Now I'm just picturing Brooklyn and, Decker.
1: And not not only this was the cool thing about that, and and, and I'll, I'll let you run. The coolest thing about that was she was under the weather. She I don't know if you remember this, but the first time we had her on she she almost basically didn't have a voice, but still yeah. did it anyway.
0: And, very raspy. Very yeah. sexy, I remember and it then, was. And then See we how good my memory up. is on some things? That's, oh, yeah. No, CRS it, disease it, on other things. Yeah, but, it, uh, it's not one you go forget.
2: Yeah. Then we
1: followed it back up with uh, the regular who I brought to the, who I had a relationship with when we were, I was doing Radio in Virginia before we came to Raleigh. Before she exploded, uh, Aaron Andrews would come on all the time. Yeah, dude. And so we had her and... We had EA in Brooklyn on within 24 hours. Almost had it within an hour, but Aaron had to move a a schedule change. I remember that, but
0: uh, yeah, that's a day, Jerry Brooks. Brooks I don't know where that now. is on your resume, but it better be high near the top. Jared Brooks, I booked Aaron you left, Andrews you and left Brooklyn me. Decker on the same day.
1: I could do no wrong for about a week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then I was right back at ya. You, you.
1: You were right back on I was like, hey, remember last week? You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Damn it.
0: <laughs> Turn the page. We're moving on. Hey, bud, great to hear your voice. I'll be hunting you down soon, and we'll take in some hockey or dinner or both soon. Absolutely. All right, bud. That's family said We'll do. Jared Brooks, five years of producing the David Glenn Show. Get that Permar guy on the line, and then we'll get to Roddy Jones on college football and more of your calls on the NBA, college football, NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs, MLS expansion, and red-hot Carolina Hurricanes headlines of the day. 1-800-849-2761. As we transition from first full-time producer Jared Brooks, five years, to second full-time producer Hayes Permar, another five years roughly. Again, Darren Vaught is four years into this enterprise, which means if history repeats itself again, about a year from now I'm going to need another producer. But I don't want to think about that right now. I know that if Jared Brooks's most famous guest gets included the lovely and talented Brooklyn Decker of Hollywood and Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, and she had been coming off a Duke Carolina game in Cameron, Jared got her, I think, several times on the show, but I remember, you know, the excuse to talk to her involved her in-person Cameron Crazy-style experience for a Duke Carolina basketball game. The rest of it is kind of a blur. Hayes Permar has among his most difficult guest-getting enterprises the then president of the United States, Barack Obama. Now, we could spend a whole show on Hayes' guest-getting prowess, I'm sure, but, Hayes, welcome back, man. We're celebrating our 10-year Twitter anniversary. And I do credit Jared is kind of the father of the At David Glenn Show Twitter handle. I guess that would make you like the cool uncle, like Uncle Joey, who took over once Jared was out of the picture because you did take us to the next level, man.
3: I mean, I'd rather be Uncle Jesse, if we're being honest, DG. That's true. Uh, much... I mean, dude... Joey was a little corny, but sometimes you you need that for Twitter.
0: Yeah, and that is good. You're actually a real-life Uncle Jesse in a lot of ways, but that's another story for another day. Congratulations on your many successes including Sports Channel 8 the radio show now heard right before ours on 999 FM here in the triangle part of our statewide audience. What do you I mean, you and I there's like, you know, eight different aspects to what you and I were doing as we took the show statewide a long time ago. Uh, but what do you remember about the Twitter handle? Because I, I really do think you helped take it to the next level.
3: Well, I have the advantage of, and all, yeah, all credit to Jared for being smart enough to jump on something that I think you would say. Uh, I think I have heard a smart man once say, you judge something uh, on the whole book, not just like one chapter, one page. Yeah. And so Twitter on a whole. Um, while it's easy to bring up this or that that is bad or terrible about Twitter, um, I think on the whole, I don't know if it's made your life <laughs> easier necessarily, but, uh, but it is a, a great way to spread information, to share information, to get information. That's, that's one of the things that really helped. If you were following all the right North Carolina sports media folks, yeah. you being one of them, but you look at others, then yeah, the news sort of comes to you. You make sure you really don't, don't miss something. But uh, the one thing that I had the advantage of is not having to do it right from the get-go. So I think that helps me. I already had my own personal Twitter account. So whereas I heard sometimes the David Glenn Show account, and people didn't know. I mean, you know, they didn't know, am I starting this for business? But it seems like people kind of wanted to make it have a personal twist to it. And so uh, I already had my personal account, and so I made it just a business account pretty much. It's just reported. news of the David Glenn Show. Now, that didn't mean we didn't try to have fun with it, obviously, when we're – you know, on-site at a big event. We would try and take pictures or meet somebody cool or, or still drop a good joke in there. Or even better, when the ACC drops good jokes on us, like page 145 back in the day, I think yes. I remember
0: yes. what I about that. There. was a good um, one.
3: So, yeah, so we just tried to have fun with uh, with, with Twitter, uh, even even as we sort of shifted it to, towards a more business focus that uh, that I thought people appreciated. Hey, Scott.
0: Hayes Permark joining us on the David Glenn Show, my second full-time producer. He also aged 20 years while being in service for five years here at the David Glenn Show, now on to greener pastures. True or false, and I know you deserve credit for this, so don't wiggle off that hook, but you started quoting our guests kind of rapid fire. If we've had a you know high-profile or even mid-profile guest, you, know, you and the interns were cranking out uh, in li- in real time, th- the most memorable quotes that they offered us during live interviews, I've heard that others in the sports radio industry got mad at you because once others saw our show doing that, it became almost more of like the standard and not everybody wanted to go down those rabbit holes.
3: Yeah, I think that's true. I think one of the things that I noticed you know, at the time, we were definitely posting the audio, but... but- uh, maybe I, I can't remember if we had maybe a slow website or something. We just we knew there was we we were spinning gold. I mean, you were asking great questions. We had great guests, and we would get some quotes that you know, if, if somebody could find them or hear them instantly, they would be included in stories and and make their way across the internet as uh, things tend to do now. So yeah, I was like, if we got Dabo Swinney on, and he for once. You know, DG would always try and draw out, you know, he usually didn't like to play the, the foil to Spurrier, realizing he was outmatched right. in, in sort of that game. But if we can get him to say one funny thing, you know, then, then and get, kick it out there on Twitter, instantly people will, you know, use that quote and then probably track back and, and see the person who told it. It was also a great place that I think you realized, once you realized the power of it, um, you, you know, you could break some news pretty quickly there, especially if you knew it was something that was happening quickly and, and somebody else might. Get to it you know. by the time you could write up a story or get to your next show to, to share it. And so I think we broke a couple pieces of news on the Twitter account. There was, however, quote tweeting got a little bit dangerous because, uh, like you said, we do turn. I mean, one of, one of the benefits of working for your show is the interns have, they're not just getting coffee, you know what I mean? They're right. in there writing interview questions, answering phones and with the ones that I trusted to pass the DG level of yes. uh, attention to detail. <laughs> eventually, some of them could tweet independently, which occasionally, yeah. I'm not going to name any names, but some people who may or may not host a radio show in the triad area now <laughs> may have gotten us in hot water with the ACC when he announced that they were, and it was one of those where it was like a splitting hair, and kind of paraphrased a yeah. little too vaguely, and he said that Swafford was opening up the ACC championship game to basically, you know, a, a, a host of sites. What I think Swaffer just meant, you know, we're always going to keep options open, but, that, you know, we're definitely in Charlotte. And all it took was, I can't even remember, but one ESPN writer to... Yes. I think the, the ESPN writer was offended because he had you know, recently talked to Swaffer and hadn't gotten that nugget. So, I said, well, <laughs> oh, why didn't I hear this? And then, you know, a phone call with the league office and a general good reputation with the ACC got us past that. But there were those moments... Uh, where, you know, you're writing in real time, you're trying to paraphrase, uh, you know, as clearly as possible, knowing you're not getting every word, word right, uh, you know, as you're trying to transcribe it in real time, but... But uh, but I think people have appreciated that as an extension of the show, sure.
0: His name is Hayes Permar. He is the Uncle Jesse of the At David Glenn Show Twitter handle. We are celebrating our 10-year anniversary this week on Twitter. As we let you go, it's funny, some other friends of the program slash uh, branches of the family tree tell me that they often get feedback that their whatever national show, or you mentioned Josh Graham out in the triad, you know, that they're their listeners will say, hey, you have A, B, C, and D in common with DG. Like, we can tell that he was the guy who helped train you in radio or whatever. Because your show now – precedes ours in the triangle I actually get to hear it fairly often and it's kind of cool that whereas you and I learned a lot from each other in life and in broadcasting and in other ways your show really is absolutely positively nothing like ours and and uh-huh. a- as somebody who cheers variety is the spice of life uh, I just, I just love what you guys do. So, compliments to you and the boys. And tell us how that's going. As we thank you for your contribution to our ten-year
3: Twitter run. Uh, it's going very well, DG. I would, uh, I, I thought you were going to say that that uh, that unlike other people, I got no influence uh, from you. Which, <laughs> which is not true at all. Our show is vastly different. Yeah. Um, also, we, we're also smart enough to, to know when we're not the expert in an area and we've got a neighbor right next door like David Glenn who could just come on and talk a little bit um, because we learned in radio. I mean, there are those people that sit there and listen to 12 hours of sports radio and apologies to those people who have to, A, hear you for three hours, but then also hear you come on our show. But for the most part, they tell us that people are in and out of their cars yeah. and probably only caught uh, either, you know, a little of you on our show or a little bit of your show anyway. But one thing, uh, even though our show is different, um, you know, we, we're, we're, almost like a podcast in live radio time type thing. Uh, but the one thing that I always, there are many things that I'm influenced by from working with UDG. But the one when I'm doing my best and I don't do it for everybody. Like I had will Brinson on today. Um, and, and I know him, so I don't give him a long bio. I yeah. just, you know, I usually, oh, on the you're good hit.
0: at this, bud. I know where you're going. But, you're
3: good at this. But when I have multiple guests have told me, and I don't even think I'm doing that big a deal. I, I look one step past maybe their Twitter bio to see if you could just find a couple things about them, especially if they've won an award or have a prestigious title. Just a, you know, a couple mentions that you fire off in an introduction, and I often will get the, man, that's a great introduction. I don't get that very often. And, uh, and sometimes I've even said to, I think I said to Katie George of the A.C. Network. It's like well, I learned that from my friend David Glenn. That's so, cool. I uh, was listening even that day. Yeah, even as we do a different show, uh, yeah. I think, like you said, we learned a lot from each other. Um, I think you learned to accept things like Twitter, which even could be maddening when misspelled words went out with your name associated with them, but but realizing that wasn't the same as a magazine. So, uh, we've definitely come a long way in in 10 years of Twitter and, uh, and you in, what, 20-something years now of the show. So Amen, bud.
0: I've learned a lot from you in life and otherwise, so I thank you for that. Appreciate you being the Uncle Jesse of the at David Glenn Show Twitter handle. You remain a friend of the program, of course, and a friend of the Glenn family. Thanks for chiming in. I've not, I don't think I've had you as, a, as this sort of guest, uh, but no, you're, you're, you're always a friend of the program.
3: We have guest hosted on one yeah, of your seemingly true. increasingly number of golf outings <laughs> and vacation days, but I'll leave that to your bosses. DC. But, but on Thank to other things. On so, oh, we're yeah. out of time with Hayes Permar. Gotta,
0: gotta let him Talk go. I'll catch up with you soon. I always love taking Hayes into the – I think, Darren, just to show the family tree continues to expand, but sometimes the branches do cross. Haven't you and I and Hayes taken in a Kane's game in my, on the glass Several seats? times, and, and a lot
4: of the times uh, we'll now include. Now Jared Brooks
0: is going to wonder why he wasn't in that quartet. <laughs> well, a lot have of we the, ever done that? A lot of the times we,
4: we will include uh, Brian Geisinger true. of the ACC Sports Journal and, and accsports.com and Sports Channel. Jared, so he's normally the fourth.
0: Sometimes we take
4: Jared and his wife out yeah. to dinner. And now, now the four of but, us, me, you, Hayes, and BG, have all met up with Jared that's on true. the concourse and gotten a beer with him at
0: all the right. game. So in celebration of our 10-year Twitter anniversary, we need to put the four of us in the front row, right? In the front. I think that would be appropriate. Yes. Ten ten years Am I always vying for front row seats to
4: Kane's games? Yes, that would be appropriate.
0: The 10-year anniversary will be celebrated in style. Jared, Hayes, Darren, and me. I I still get a spot, right? I mean, I... I, (laughs) Uh, Percentage-wise, do I still until do the you mat- until I you still- have a
4: fourth producer full time? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah you get. I'm trying to, to think,
0: I still do the large majority of our tweets. I guess the the live guests, I'm not tweeting. Sure, you're not tweeting as you're interviewing someone. But just so so everybody understands on our 10-year Twitter anniversary special, if it's personal or at all controversial, I know the interns have gotten the message (laughs) on this one by now. You guys, I love all of you. You're a huge part of our enterprise. Do not offer any opinion on anything serious on a Twitter handle that has my name on it. I mean, I get enough flack as it is just for my own point of view. It is a lot of fun. It's become a huge part of what we do. I know that I don't interact as much as others in our industry. Maybe I will someday. I don't know. But as Jared laid out, man, business owner, attorney, husband, father, brother, soccer coach, uh, there's a lot going on. I don't have a lot of time to just interact on Twitter, but I really have come to embrace it as a big part of our show, and I thank, again, the smartest audience in sports radio. When you're a full decade into your time on Twitter and you have only have, at this moment, five people blocked, five people, we have almost 20,000 followers. We, we interact with way, way, way more than that. It's been a great success story in many ways. So thanks to Jared for uh, giving birth to at David Glenn Show, Hayes for helping raise uh, at David Glen Show, and Darren, I guess you get the difficult teenage years. Of the yeah, David it's Glenn been show.
4: one angsty kid, that at David Glenn right,
0: Show. Right, it's tricky. It's, I do love interacting with the fair-minded, reasonable people out there. The you know the lazy, ignorant, angry, cheap shout artists, not so much. But that's where we are. 1-800-849-2761. Roddy Jones on college football. Your phone calls, too, on the David Glenn Show. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene and and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when
3: people say, oh, stick to sports. Well, who passed that law?
4: You're listening to the David Glenn Show.
0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Richard Justice on baseball, Will Brinson on the NFL, Jared Brooks. James Permar and Darren Vaught on our 10-year Twitter anniversary. Roddy Jones drops by a little bit later on college football. Don and Raleigh wants to jump in on this NBA China thing. They are burning LeBron James jerseys in Hong Kong after his latest public comments. Meanwhile, many Americans are attacking the NBA or LeBron, or Greg Popovich, or Steve Kerr. Some of them see a double standard that I do not see. Most activists are far more active at home than they are on human rights violations or anything else halfway around the world. So I wonder how many of those criticizing Kerr or Popovich or LeBron who are vocal about what they see as social injustices at home, how many of them even lift a finger themselves in their own nation about such things? That would be an interesting answer to get from their biggest critics. Don and Raleigh may be steering us in another direction. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead.
2: Hi, David. Uh, First, I want to say I really enjoyed your most recent appearance. In the at the Raleigh Sports Club, and I I hope they get you back soon.
0: Were you there when I said Tony Bennett's gonna win a national title at UVA? Do you remember that?
2: I do remember that. Oh
0: man, I have an eyewitness. One more eyewitness. We might need Don and Raleigh's personal information just to underline that because it happened, uh, what was it, like a month after I spoke to you all. I didn't guarantee it would happen in 2019, but I was kind of glad that it did after uh, I love stopping to visit with you all. Um, Almost every year. So thanks for that flashback. What's on your mind?
2: Um, Two quick things on the China issue. China didn't just start suppressing human rights. I would say that the people who are upset now should have been upset long ago with the NBA's uh, involvement there, I because mean, this is not new news. From what I can tell,
0: those angry at Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich and LeBron James, let's just say they don't have the greatest track record for standing up for any human beings anywhere. Uh, unless they look exactly like themselves and attend the same churches. Then maybe they would stand up for them. But otherwise, no. I mean, China has been oppressing its people for as long as I've been alive and longer. The NBA's relationship is roughly 30 years old at this point, and you probably know the answer to your question, whereas after 29 years of silence, has anybody heard anybody, any American sports figure in any league, bring up human rights violations in China in the last 30 years one time? No. So what why did we go from that to this? Well, Daryl Morey sent a tweet and then once you backtrack as a league or as a person or as an athlete, that's what has gotten this pushback. So it was no nobody had anything to react to for 29 years cuz nobody said anything, at least not from our side of the pond, not publicly or forcefully. And then Daryl Morey stepped out And the dominoes started to fall from there. But that's why it's on Americans' radar. And some of those same Americans just hate LeBron and Popovich and Kerr so much because they disagree with them on political and social justice matters that they were just looking for the the best chance to take a cheap shot if they could.
2: Uh, Last thing, Uh, I've been a Phillies fan actually for more than 50 years. And so I was listening to the press conference last Friday given by John Middleton, Clint Tech and um, Andy McPhail and the uh, Philadelphia uh, media that I heard were pretty dismayed by that press conference. Um, yeah. Uh, um, I, I'm perhaps not as dismayed as they are, but it, it is concerning that the uh, CEO would push for something and, and not have the support of the general manager and, and president. Uh, I mean, I didn't think it was a bad move to let Kafler go. But no,
0: I don't either. Uh, but it sounds dysfunctional, I agree. I mean, the good news is the Phillies are not dysfunctional by, say, Daniel Snyder standards of dysfunction. So you have that to going for you, which is nice. Um, but they missed out on what I thought would be the perfect fit, a homecoming for Joe Madden, who has roots all over the Philadelphia area. He signed today with the L.A. Angels instead. So will it be Buck Showalter? Will it be somebody else? I don't know. I am not dismayed about the future of our Philadelphia Phillies. I'm glad Bryce Harper is there, but now it's the Nationals, his former team in the World Series, instead of his current team, the Phillies. And we're obviously paying him so much money that it makes it a little trickier to build around him. Uh, But I think with the right manager, there's enough talent on hand to be a good baseball team. Whether they can be great, we'll see. They weren't bad this year. They just weren't good enough to make the postseason. Thank you for that phone call, Don, and for listening I look forward to seeing my friends at the Raleigh Sports Club again, if not this year. Next, 1-800-849-2761. You know, Darren, I don't do nearly as many speaking engagements since our show long ago went f- to noon to three. You may have heard most of these groups across our state, they get together for luncheons. And that's just really tricky. I, ha- I There's no hyperspace button around here, is there? We have not perfected being in two places at one time, have we? No, I have to take the day off from the show to do these lunch and speaking engagements. Uh, so because of those golf outings that Permar got on, on everybody's radar, let's not count those up. Uh, that is something that makes it a little trickier to take more days off for more speaking engagements, although I, I have enjoyed those in probably a dozen different North Carolina cities over the years. Roddy Jones. Former Georgia Tech star, running back, and team captain. The ACC Network nowadays as a college football analyst. He's on the Georgia Tech-Miami call this weekend with our old friend Wes Durham. We'll talk all things college football and ACC with Roddy Jones next on the David Glenn Show. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always
3: believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. <laughs> How's that? Do we what have uh, background music for that? That's right. There? That's Matt Rindler. There we go.
4: Keep it right here on The David Glenn
0: Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. As we bring on Roddy Jones on all things college football, former Georgia Tech star, now a star on the ACC Network and Sirius XM as a broadcaster and college football analyst, let me just say something to make all golfers everywhere feel better. Since I was on the course Monday at that North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame event, An actual pro recorded a 127 this week. It happened in the senior LPGA championship. A woman named Leanne Walker had been out of the circuit for a while. She didn't realize when she came back for this week's senior LPGA championship that in her absence, they had adopted a rule where your caddy can no longer stand behind you as you line up a putt Unless the player starts the stance over. Well, she did it for two days or most of two days only to be told about the new rule later. So she had to retroactively go back to her card. I don't know how you figure out how many times you had your caddy standing behind you on a putt inappropriately. But it added, let's just say, a whole bunch of penalty strokes. And she ended up carding a 127 in that senior LPGA event. Does that make you feel better about your 100-plus on the golf course? Maybe not. Roddy Jones, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
5: I'm great, DG, and that uh, that, that golfer is now my hero. I'm always going to tout her (laughs) as an example of how uh, even pros struggle at times.
0: right? Roddy Jones and I now get to say, hey, we just shot a score similar to Leanne Walker in the senior LPGA championship. We can leave out the rest of those details. The numbers just help us out a little bit. Before we get into the matchups and the ACC and even the national picture, as a former player, how would you describe where the line is For a coach, you know, verbally berating you or showing you up on national TV or otherwise, because some asked me about Dabo Sweeney up 28 against Florida State, you know, in a game you know you have in control, going crazy on his kicker on TV, verbally, and even hunting him down down the sideline when he missed a chip shot field goal. What did you, did you, did Dabo cross any line for you? And what did you think about the method to his madness through a moment like that?
5: Uh, No, I I don't think he crossed any line to me. The thing that we don't have around it is is the context that's needed to understand what led to that. is not a guy that just flies off the rail for no reason. I think we've seen he's been the head coach of that school in the spotlight for long enough for us to see that he, he picks and chooses his spots. So, I mean, he, he's very aware that the national spotlight's on him and that when things like this happen, it's going to be talked about. And we don't have the context around it. I mean, we don't know what B.T. Potter did in practice. We don't know what his prep was like during during the week. We don't know um, if, if, if he had missed a meeting or something earlier in the week or, or, or what Dabo's perception of the guy was coming into it. I mean, we, had, we had Larry Williams uh, of Tiger Illustrated, on a show that I did last night on ESPN U Radio, and, and he said, "Look, BT just kind of meandered out onto the field, uh, and, and that is traditionally something that Dabo does not like from his kickers. He just, it, it, from his perception, BT just hasn't exactly shown uh, the business-like mentality that Dabo wants. And so, a wake-up call is needed because, look." Up twenty eight against Florida State is one thing, but there are gonna be meaningful football games that Clemson plays at some point this season where a field goal is gonna yes. be needed. And you can't just you can't just snap it on right then. So I don't mind it. Look, if the if the left guard missed an important block on a fourth and one and dabble went off on him, we wouldn't be talking about it. So so why should we talk about it when it goes off on a kicker? I, I don't think there were any lines
0: crossed. Roddy Jones is joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Roddy Jones20. The biggest story in the ACC, of course, continues to be just the Clemson Tigers and them carrying the torch nationally, given that the league doesn't have anybody else in the national top 25 right now. When you saw them really not just beat, but thrash the Florida State Seminoles, and you've seen probably a top five defense nationally, but those growing pains on offense. As we sit here at the halfway point of the regular season, Does Dabo have the Tigers on track for yet another trip to the college football playoff, or do you still see things that need to get a lot better on the offensive side of the ball?
5: He does have them on track without a doubt. Uh, I don't think there's a coach in the country that has a better finger on the pulse of what his team needs than Dabo Sweeney. After that North Carolina game, he talked about the fact that he wanted to come out and attack. And in the post game, he said, look, our first two. I walked in on Tuesday and said our first two plays of the game were deep shot, halfback pass. I don't care what happens on either one of those plays. Those are going to be the first two plays because I want to set a tone that we're going to come out and we are going to attack. And when you have a bunch of of players like he does, a bunch of thoroughbreds. Like, those guys want to attack down the field. Let's go out and establish dominance from the very beginning. The defense has been doing a good job of it, but the offense has been a little disjointed. And I thought it was really big of Tony Elliott to admit, you know, sometimes I get caught in in trying to figure out what the perfect play is when ultimately Travis E.T. needs to get the ball, whether it's a perfect play or not, whether the box is stacked or not, because that dude's that special. So you give them the ball, Justin Ross, T Higgins, Amari Rogers, Trevor Lawrence, like those guys can make plays when the play is not perfect. The reason you work so hard in recruiting is to get guys in that can make you a better coach because you don't always have to call the perfect play. So I I love the way Clemson is going right now. I love what I saw from their offense Uh, for the entire season. It was a, okay, I know Clemson's good. I know what I'm seeing, but I know they're going to get there. Uh, and, and honestly, I mean, ask Georgia, it is better to have a learning experience like they did against against the Clemson did against North Carolina in a win than a learning experience in a loss like Georgia had at South, when South Carolina beat them in, uh, in overtime.
0: I'm going to ask you for your mid-season ACC football coach of the year and if you want to throw in a player that's fine as well because today we've been gathering what we're calling mid-season report cards you know just about everybody has played 6 games out of their 12 regular season contests of the 14 schools in the ACC, as you know, only Georgia Tech does have a losing record, and that was mostly expected. Uh, Willie Taggart at Florida State has not gotten a letter, pretty letter grade so far today, but most others have graded well. Who would be that ACC midseason coach of the year for you and why?
5: Scott Satterfield, without a doubt, without a doubt, because what he's done uh, with that program uh, that, that program was one that had quit a year ago and, and came in with as many questions as anybody in the country who was going to play a quarterback, who was going to run the football, um, you know, the defensively, how are they going to stack up and all Scott Satterfield has done. He hasn't made excuses about what he, what he brought in or what he inherited at, at Louisville. All he's done is he's gotten in, formed a great staff and gone to work and they have They've schemed their offense to the point where it it accentuates what they do well. This is one of the fastest offenses in the entire conference. Uh, So they get their guys the ball in space. Des Fitzpatrick, Tutu Atwell. They feed Javian Hawkins, the running back. They feed Hassan Hall. Uh, both in running back and at, in special teams. And the way their scheme works, they run the ball, so they run the ball more than anybody in the conference from a percentage standpoint, and all their all their uh, their their passes work off of that. So it's been able to cover up some deficiencies on the offensive line um, because a lot of the protection is off of play action and movement. Uh, It's been able to cover those up. And then because they run the ball so much, you're able to get your playmakers in space down the field. Um, So look, they don't play a lot of defense, but they haven't had to because they can score with anybody. So I think it is without a doubt uh, Scott Satterfield at Louisville. And and you said I could throw in a player as well. My, My player of the year in the conference so far is Isaiah Simmons at Clemson. Again, without a doubt, yeah. because he has played all over the field. And between he, uh, Kayvon Wallace, and Tanner Muse, the three safeties, if you will, if you want to count Isaiah Simmons as a safety, uh, at Clemson, they are the most versatile bunch in the country, and a lot of it is because Isaiah Simmons can line up everywhere. He can line up deep middle, uh, in the middle of the field, playing cover three as a safety. He can play man-to-man in the slot like a nickel. He can blitz off the edge. He can blitz from distance. They'll line him up at linebacker. He plays all the over the field, and it's made them one of the hardest defenses to scheme against in the conference. So, uh, so I'm going Isaiah Simmons to Clemson.
0: Roddy Jones, SiriusXM ACC Network, and on Twitter at Roddy Jones20. You can actually catch him on Saturday for that Georgia Tech at Miami game. It is a triple header on the new ACC network. Yellow Jackets at Hurricanes in Roddy's game at noon, followed by Duke at Virginia ACC network in the 3.30 game, and then where we'll be with our big tailgate tour, Florida State at Wake Forest. That's a 7.30 kick Also on the ACC network, Pitt and Syracuse get things rolling on Friday night. That's a 7 o'clock ESPN game. Clemson is at Louisville, of course, in the, in, uh, the matchup of the two teams Roddy was just discussing. NC State goes to Boston College, and UNC goes to Virginia Tech. Great to hear your voice, man. I see you more than ever on TV as well. Thanks for the contribution on the David Glenn Show.
5: Absolutely, DG. Thanks for having me on.
0: Always fun. Roddy Jones, team captain and star running back for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets back in the day, star analyst for SiriusXM and the ACC Network. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch. Remember, no baseball tonight, but that doesn't mean there aren't some good TV picks from the sports genre. Those picks and those thoughts as we come down the stretch next. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. Special thanks to Richard Justice of the MLB Network on baseball's playoffs, Will Brinson of CBS on the NFL, Roddy Jones of the ACC Network on college football. Great to hear the voices of former DG Show producers Jared Brooks and Hayes Permar as we celebrated our 10th 10th Twi- year Twitter anniversary. Darren Vaught, did you manage to squeeze in North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame performers in every or almost every bump song today? You mean Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I, that's what I meant. The, ro- the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
4: Yeah, they were every every bump song as a Depeche new nominee mode. as it was announced earlier this week.
0: And what, what were the others you squeezed in?
4: Depeche Mode, I remember. Depeche Mode. T-Rex was in there. Pat Benatar, uh, Dave Matthews Band, Notorious B.I.G. Who else did we have in here today? Uh, Judas Priest was in oh, as man. well. How did, um, I, how did I that? that was fl- I it. must
0: have been really concentrating on my next guest because Judas Priest flew right by. Thank you for your contribution to our 10-year anniversary as well. TV picks altered tonight. Remember, no Astros at Yankees. It has been postponed. They called it eight hours early. So no baseball tonight. You have South Alabama at Troy in the college football week opener, ESPN2. You have Flyers, Oilers, and late night, your Red Hot Hurricanes visits San Jose. So watch the Canes at night. Warriors, Lakers, another NBA preseason. Enjoy the game. See you tomorrow.